Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and welcome to another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Arthenius Colvin, and I am excited about another episode. You are listening to episode 1705, and I would like to take this time and say thanks for joining in, giving all praises to our God who has kept us all day, who has allowed us to make it through everything that we've been able to accomplish. So we're giving him praise tonight. We're giving him thanks just for who he is and all that he has done. You are listening to an episode with One Touch Transformation, and just in case this is your first time listening, I would like to share a little bit about the organization. So One Touch Transformation is a nonprofit organization where its mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. So the organization has been around about eight years, and honestly, this is the first year where we have actually been a little inactive um, just because I personally need a needed a mental break, so there's nothing wrong with taking care of your mental health. But the organization started simply off of my story of surviving childhood sexual abuse. And so this platform has allowed me to not only just talk about the effects of it and just bring awareness, but also talk about the healing side of sexual abuse. Because a lot of times we do not focus on the healing side. We hear so many statistics. We hear about the things that both men and women experience during the the aftermath of it. But this um, platform has allowed us to share the 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 outcome of it when whenever you do receive help and whenever you do start your healing journey. So I'm truly grateful for having the opportunity to be a part of Purpose Kingdom because it's it's a topic that is often taboo, is not usually held, especially within our faith-based communities um, and our churches and different organizations. So we're grateful that we have had the opportunity to talk about this subject and to just bring light to this dark subject and to bring awareness and, most importantly, focus on the healing side of it because we know that God is a healer of all things not just when it comes to physical ailments, but also when it comes to mental, emotional, and spiritual ailments, because there are a lot of believers and non-believers who are still suffering silently from traumatic experiences that they have gone through. And a lot of times, whenever we experience these traumatic experiences, it paralyzes us from moving forward. It causes us to fear, you know, those things that have overcome us or that have tried to overcome us and overpower us, and it keeps us from moving forward. And so we cannot allow our traumatic experiences and the hardships and the things that have gone, we've gone through, the things that have happened to us, we can't allow the past to dictate our future because we know God has so much in store for us. God has some things that, that he wants us to fulfill. He has a purpose inside of us that he wants us to walk in and fulfill. And, and in order to do that, we have to, you know, find healing, find our voice again, find that power because we know that God has already given it to us. And so it's just a matter of us making that decision to heal, making that decision to move forward, making that decision to not allow what we've gone through or what has happened to us to dictate our future. And I'm a firm believer that God will do just that because I have witnessed the things that he has done in my life. I was silent for 20 years about my story, but it wasn't until I made the decision to heal and want to receive healing that he was um, began working in my life. And I've seen him work in others as well. Ever since I've started the organization, I have come across so many other survivors who have gone through similar experiences, and I can see what God has done in their life. So I know if he can do it for me and if he can do it for others that I have witnessed and have come across and met, then I know he can do it for any other person who wants the same thing. God said that I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And in order for us to live a life of abundance, we have to be free. And I'm talking about true freedom. And and my desire is for anyone who has experienced sexual abuse to experience and live out, in, you know, freely. Because I, I know what it's like to live a life of, of captivity or to feel bound or to feel like you're still heavy and still carrying those chains. And that's what it does. Like I said, it paralyzes you. It keeps you burdened. It keeps you down. But it's not until you open up your mouth, 
share your story. And I'm not saying that you have to share your story with the entire world. I'm not saying that you have to have this huge platform to share your story with, but it's not until you open up your mouth and just share it and let someone know, someone that you trust, someone that you have confidence in. And maybe you may not feel comfortable sharing it with someone that you do know, but there are counselors available. There are resources that are available that will help you start your journey. One of the biggest um, organizations that you can check out or that you can research or turn to whenever you're ready to, to, to speak up is the Rape Abuse Incest National Network, which is RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, so the Rape Abuse Incest National Network. They're one of the largest sexual abuse resources. They have a lot of information, a lot of help. Um, they give you all kinds of information that you can use, whether you are a survivor, whether you are a secondhand survivor, meaning that it has affected you because of the person that has gone through it. It gives you all the help that you need, all the resources that you need, answers questions that may come to mind, how to help victims, how to help survivors, how to, you know, just be a helping hand, how to be by their side, the things to say, the things not to say. Because so often there are people who just don't know what to say, and sometimes they say the wrong things, and it makes matters worse. So you do not want to do that when it comes to helping, you know, victims and survivors. So the, the information is helpful for both victim survivors and others who are willing to just help. But this subject, sexual abuse, it has has been swept under the rug for years, you know, for years. And, and it's been happening because we're not having the conversation. We're not talking about it within our, within our families, within our communities, within our churches. And there are so many people who are still affected about by it. They're affected by it from either it going still going on now or whether it has happened to them in the past. And a lot of people are just too ashamed to talk about it or to speak up and say, hey, it happened to me. But you, I, I promise you it gets to a point where you can no longer hide it, where you can no longer keep it down inside, especially when you know that there is better in store, when you know that there is purpose inside of you, when you know that you are not alone and what has happened to you was wrong. And another thing that we have to do, we have to hold these people accountable. I don't care if it is a prominent person. I don't care if it is someone in the church. Hold them accountable because whenever we are silent, whenever we remain silent, it, it gives them permission to continue to do it. It gives them permission to say, you know, to do whatever. It makes it okay. And it is not okay. I don't care who it is. I don't care what position you hold. If you have committed the crime, then it's wrong. I don't like it. God doesn't like it. And especially when it comes to our children and whenever you're taking advantage of these men and women in the church, and yes, I'm saying the church because it is still happening whether we talk about it or not. But it's up to, we all have a duty to talk about it and to hold these people accountable because if we don't, they're going to continue to do it. The cycle is going to continue. And what else can we do? So... One Touch Transformation, one of my main reasons for starting the organization was to actually make it a part of the conversation so that it is held within faith-based communities, faith-based organizations, the church. Because I don't even remember even talking about it or anyone even addressing it even when I was a child. So I knew this had to change. Something had to give. Because if not, it was just going to be swept under the rug generation after generation, and that's what's been happening, if we're honest, if we're honest. And I'm talking about in the black churches and the white churches, it, it, there's mm -mm, no exception. It's going on, and it needs to be held in every church. And so with One Touch Transformation, that, that has been one of our, you know, our greatest missions, is bringing awareness, educating the community about it. The healing side as well, because I can even remember when I first started my healing journey, there were not many resources or many books that talked about the healing side. They were always talking about how it happens, um, different places it takes place, the time that it takes place, who is the most affected. I mean, it gives, all, like I said, all the stats, but I wanted to see or hear more about the healing aspect of it. And as I continued my journey, I began to take in 
you know, my experiences of the healing side. And so that's what I've been doing through this organization. Um, and, and I appreciate those who have joined the team to help along and, and spread the message and help with the mission. And throughout these eight years, we've been able to do just that. And, I, and I'm grateful that God placed it in my heart. And I'm grateful that he's allowed us to carry out this mission. And I know that this work is not over, even though this year has been an off year for myself as well as others who have been working with with the organization. But I'm ready to get back to work. So as soon as the the new year comes in, we'll be right back on our mission. I I guarantee that because there is more work to be done. There is um, more more to be spread, more awareness to be spread, and so we've got to do the work of God because I know this is not just for me. This organization has not just been for me, and God has proven that over the years. Uh, so many, there are so many who are still hurting, so many people who are still suffering, and they need to know what God is capable of doing, how great he is the things that he's able to perform in each of our lives, how he can give us freedom, how he can give us the peace, how he can give you the freedom, the courage that you need to live again. Because I'm telling you, once you've gone through these experiences, and not even just sexual abuse, just any type of traumatic experience, it paralyzes you and it causes fear to overcome. And we do not want that because we know the scripture tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. And sometimes. Those experiences will make you think that you are losing your mind. It will cost you your peace. It will cost you your freedom. And so we've got to get to the place where, you know, when we say enough is enough, look, I'm ready to find freedom. I'm ready to find peace. I'm ready to find, you know, whatever it is, healing, deliverance. That's what God is for because he's the only one. Ultimately, he's the only one that can do it. We have to do our part. We still have to do our part. But once we do our part, when we make that first step, when we make the decision, that's when we can allow God to take full control. But you have to make the decision to want to heal. No one else can make that decision for you. No one else. And I am a firm believer that once you do make that decision to find your voice, to find the power that is already within you, then God will begin working in your life. All right, so I've given you a little information about One Touch Transformation. And so now what I want to do, I want to talk about how, whether it's our experiences, the things that we go through in life, um, our it could be our past or people, um, events, or just um, everyday, everyday life, just everyday life. Sometimes we allow the fear to overpower our trust in God. So sometimes we allow our fears to overpower our trust in God. And if you're like me, I've grown up in church, been in church all my life, and so I've I've known the scriptures. I've heard just about every scripture when it talks about God being with us, God is for us. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So we hear these scriptures weekend after weekend, every, you know, every year. But there's always, there's always that little doubt or that fear that tries to creep into our life. And if we feed into it and if we, you know, continue to allow it to be a part of our life, sometimes it overpowers the trust that we have in God. Even though we have witnessed God performing miracles in our life, and even though we've witnessed God doing these things for us that we've prayed to him about, sometimes fear still gets the best of us. And and I wonder why. You know, and, and I get it that fear is a part of our human experiences because there are things that we do that make us afraid or make us fearful. Um, some people are fearful of heights. Some people are fearful of water. Some people are fearful of spiders. Some people are fearful of snakes. So I get it. It is a part of our human experience. But when it comes to, you know, just everyday life experiences, um, the goals that we have, the things that we're that we face from day to day, whether it's on our job, whether it's this big project that we're working on, whether it's a part of our vision, the dreams that we have, sometimes we still allow fear to overpower our trust in God. And so we uh, sometimes it's a matter of just getting down to 
trying to figure out what it is that causes us to allow that fear to overpower our trust in God. And sometimes all it takes is just a matter of looking back or thinking back to what God has done. And there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with being reminded, whether it's, you know, consciously we just really think about, okay, what has God already done for me? Or maybe it takes someone just reminding you of what God has done for you. Whatever the case may be, sometimes we just need to, you know, take some time out and just really think about what God has done and then revisit the reasons or figure out why are we allowing fear to overpower our trust in God. And sometimes it can be something so simple, things that we're, that we're waiting on God to do, things that we are facing. Because, you know, sometimes we make them bigger than what it really is. We make our problems bigger than what they really are. Like the saying, like the saying goes, sometimes we, uh, we turn our mole into a mountain. It's not even that serious. But in the moment, when we are in the moment, it seems so serious. And it seems like it's a matter of life and death, and it really isn't. <laughs> it's just our, our worryation. It's us worrying about, okay, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get this accomplished? What if I don't have enough money? What if I don't have enough time? But it's, it's the anticipation, and sometimes it's the fear. It's like, oh, what if it doesn't happen? What if, it, what if I don't do it right? What if it takes me out? What if it knocks me down? All of these questions that we ponder when we just so quickly forget about our trust in God. So the scriptures that I want to focus on, there, there are several that I want to go through, but what I want to start with, um, our main scripture that I want to talk, want to talk about, and I'm going to kind of work, my, um, work, uh, work our way backwards, but let's go to the book of Mark. And we're going to go to the fourth chapter, and it's a very familiar passage, very familiar passage. And you may have heard it explained different ways, or maybe people have talked about it in a different um, view or a different perspective. So we're going to read Mark chapter 4 and start at verse 35. So Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. And it reads, in the same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Cease, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right, so that was Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through verse 41. All right, so we have the disciples. They're they're in the boat, but they're not alone. They're not alone. Jesus is there. And Jesus has said he was just asleep on a pillow not a care in the world. But while he's asleep, there's this terrible storm going on. That so the waves are beating into the ship. And so now the, the boat is full with water because that's how hard the waves were hitting the ship. And it was a great storm. So it was a huge storm. Just, so just picture or imagine you're on this boat and it's, and it's storming, it's raining, it's thundering, it's lightning, the waves are hitting the boat, and next thing you know, water is coming on the boat. And all you can think about is, oh, my gosh, we are about to drown. We're about to be shipwrecked. All of this fear all, is, is steadily growing. But Jesus, he, he's sound asleep, and it says on a pillow. 
So you you mean to tell me you're just going to sleep through this storm? Is this not worrying you? That we're, we, we have water on the boat? Do you see that lightning? Do you feel the wind? And you're sleeping through this? I mean, now there are some people who can sleep through storms. I've heard people say that, um, you know, go to work the next day, didn't even know it stormed <laughs> because they, you know, were sound asleep. And then you have some people who do not sleep as heavy. They hear every little thing, see every sharp lightning that's going across the sky. But here we, Jesus, he's sound asleep, not a care in the world. But the disciples, they are panicking. I mean, in panic mode, fearing for their lives, thinking, hey, this is about to be the end. And so all Jesus did, he woke up and he said, hey, peace, be still. And in that moment, I don't know if the disciples realized it, but if we think about it, not only did he bring calmness to the wind and the water and the storm, but he also brought calmness amongst the disciples because they're in a panic. And so when he said, peace, be still, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And not only was there calmness on the water and calmness in the wind, but then he brought this calmness to the disciples because he's like, why are you so fearful? It's not like he got up panicking. He wasn't in the uproar like, okay, what are you? No, he was calm. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And there's a reason why he asked that. Why don't you have faith? Where is your faith? What have you learned from the time that you have been following me? So I'm pretty sure Jesus was probably puzzled. He's like, where is your faith? This, you've been walking with me. And you mean to tell me this storm is scaring you? And I'm here with you. I'm on the boat with you. So why are you so fearful? And sometimes it's like that with us. We worry. We are so afraid and forget that God is with us. Even though we've read it in his word, even though he has promised to never leave us, but sometimes we live life as though God is not with us, as though he is not walking with us from day to day. It's like we just sit him in, in the back seat, drive on, and just forget he's riding, forget that he's a part of our life, forget that he, which he should be in the driver's seat, but we put him in the back seat. We have to, obviously we do, because we start allowing the fear to creep in, and fear is now driving us while God is in the back seat. And so God is like, hold up, I've been with you all this time, so where is your faith? I'm, I'm in the boat with you. Where is your faith? You mean to tell me that you're going to allow this storm, that you're going to allow this wind, you're going to allow these waves to bring fear? on your life when I am in the boat with you? It's like, what am I? Who am I? And and I feel like God is probably asking us some of these same questions whenever we're here to overcome us. It's like, okay, so what am I to you? Like, what do you, what do you need me for? Why am I here if you're going to fear? What, what is the use of knowing me or having me in your life if you're going to allow fear to overcome? Hmm. There was a reason why he asked, how is it that you have no faith? And so, so now I want to work it backwards. Let's go to Mark, the first chapter. So we're still talking about how we allow fear to overpower our trust in God. So we have to make sure that we're not allowing this fear. Whatever it is, it could be anything. It could be anything. But we don't want this fear to overpower our trust in God. So if we go to Mark, the first chapter, and we're going to start at verse 16. It says, Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, Thence he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John were in the ship mending their nets. All right, so now this is Jesus, you know, collecting his first disciples. So this is at the beginning, like, hey, let me show you the way. 
follow me, and I, he said, I will make you fishers of men. So just by reading these first scriptures or these first verses, um, there was no question. At least there, it, it shows them no arguing, no questions, just drop everything and follow Jesus. Okay, we'll do that. So we see that they had no issue, no problem of following Jesus. He said, look, I'm going to show you how to do it. Just trust me. In other words, trust me, and I'll lead the way. Come ye after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. It did not take much for Jesus to sell himself or sell what he was doing. He just said, hey, just follow me. And they did just that. If we go down to the 23rd verse, Mark chapter 1, verse 23. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And I want to pause right there. He said, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Look how calm Jesus was. There was no screaming. There was no pulling. There was no hitting him, making him fall out. He just said, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And, it, and when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirit, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. So seeing Jesus cast out this unclean spirit, you know, peacefully, but with authority. So he went in peace, but with authority. And he said, hold thy peace and come out of him. That was it. He wasn't trying to sell, again, not selling anything, not trying to put on, not, to perp- not, not perpetrating who he really was or trying to perpetrate someone else or become anyone else. He was just himself. He went in peace and with authority. And all he said, come out of him. No gimmicks. <laughs> no holy water to sell. No holy cloth to sell. He just went, he did it with his word. Hold thy peace and come out of him. And so here we see the, the disciples who just started following him. They are amazed. They are astonished. It's like, oh, what is this? Like, who is this? Like, this is very impressive. <laughs> this is impressive. He said he just commanded this unclean spirit with authority, and they obeyed him. The unclean spirits obeyed him. So remember, the wind and the water obeyed him in, in chapter 4, but we see that they recognized this in the beginning, that unclean spirits obeyed the voice of Jesus. And immediately the fame spread about throughout all the region around about Galilee. So now he's made a name for himself. He has made a name for himself, and all he is doing is going with peace and authority. Hold thy peace and come out of him. But wait, that's not all. That is not all. Let's um, keep scrolling down to the 38th verse. Let's see what else that they witnessed. So still in Mark chapter 1, verse 38, and he said unto them, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Here he is still casting out unclean spirits. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. And I'm pretty sure, I'm going to pause it, I'm pretty sure that uh, the leper, he has heard all about what Jesus has been doing, which is why he said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He already knows because he has heard what this man has done, how he has cast out unclean spirits, how he has cast out devils. All right, so 41st says, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched them and said unto him, I will be thou Mm. Look how he did it with compassion. Meaning he, he ain't trying to knock anybody out. 
He ain't trying to push nobody and make them fall, but he said he moved with compassion because he knew what was in this man's heart. And so he moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched them. And all he said, I will be thou clean. Three words, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Immediately the leprosy departed from him. All from his compassionate touch, be thou clean. Again, look how calmly and peacefully God is handling this situation. Now, I, I don't know what you are facing right now. I don't know what you may have faced. I don't know what you're dealing with or what you have dealt with. But we cannot allow those situations to bring fear upon our life, especially when we know that God is with us. God is with us at all times, even though we can't see him physically, but we can feel him. And if you have a true relationship with God, you know that you can go to him any time of the day. He's always listening. He's never too busy. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. But he is always with us, and he is always listening. And whatever we need, whatever we need from him, whether it's a healing, whether it's a breakthrough, a deliverance, a miracle, whatever it is, we can always go to God because he is with us. In our storms, he is with us. In the midst of our storms, even when we're on the boat and feeling it being shaken or shaken, and when we feel the, the water, when it's rocking us from side to side, whatever is hitting us left and right, when it feels like we're about to drown, we have to remember that God is with us. We cannot give in to fear. The enemy wants us to give in to fear. He wants the, he wants the fear to overpower our trust in God because he knows if we ever trust in God, like he tells us to, He's going to lose every time. And so here we see the disciples witnessing with Jesus casting out devils, casting out unclean spirits, and now he is healing. He is healing. He says, be thou clean. Immediately leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. All right, so now let's go to Mark chapter 2, getting ready to witness something else. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1, start there. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word into them. So it was crowded. It was overcrowded. No room. But he still began preaching. And they came, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his face so reason within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. And so much they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. So the, the things that go through our mind are sometimes like what the Pharisees are saying or, you know, those the talks like, okay, what if it doesn't happen? Um, what if it doesn't work out? What if God doesn't heal me? What if God doesn't give me my breakthrough? What if God doesn't give me my miracle? What if God doesn't give me my deliverance? You know, all those things, it's just fear, 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 trying to put it in our mind, trying to put it in our head, the what if, the what if. But again, God is with us. 
And so God had, well, in Jesus' time, he had to prove it to them, like, look, I am here. I, I, I can forgive sins, and I can bring healing. And so not only did he provide healing and this great miracle that day, but he also offered forgiveness, even though it's like, well, well, only God can do that. But it was a two-for-one deal in this case. And, again, we see where everyone, again, is amazed and astonished. And, and as I continue to go over these things, what Jesus is doing, these miracles that he's performing, he is doing it so calmly. I just can't get over this. He's doing it so calmly, authority. That seems to be the common theme, calmly, peacefully, but with authority. And I know that sometimes we are used to the, the yelling, the screaming. Uh, when, when preachers or pastors begin laying hands, they feel like they got to make you fall. They feel like they got to shake your head off. But no, Jesus didn't do that. According to what we see in Scripture, Jesus didn't go around pushing the saints down. He didn't go around um, throwing holy water on them. He didn't go around trying to sell holy water or, or sell these these holy cloths and, and trying to have all these gimmicks, schisms, and trying to just sell who he who he was and what he could do. But no, he went calmly, peacefully, but with authority. And so these these trials and People, I'll say trials, people, um, just everyday life, the things that try to take us down, the things that try to bring fear in our life, we cannot give it any place. We, we, we have to show it to God. You know how it says don't, don't tell um, God about your problem, but tell your problem about your God. There's a true, that's a true statement. Because look what the disciples witnessed. And this is, this is not even everything. This is not even everything. And we know that we can see account out there, account how Jesus has healed, how he has cast out demons and all these unclean spirits, how he has brought healing. And so it is not just limited to those things. It is not just limited to, to those things. So that gives us encouragement. Romans 15 and 4 says, for once everything's written for time, we're written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. These are the scriptures. This is the word that gives us hope today so we don't allow fear to overtake us, especially when we're supposed to be trusting in God. And I know we're all guilty of it. We say we trust in God, we believe in God, and things still bother us. We still worry. We still can't help but wonder about the what is. I get it. I've been there before. We're all human. Like I said, that's part of the whole human experience. When we worry, when we get frustrated, and we start fearing. But we, we, have, to, we have to keep God in a driving seat and not fear. We can never let fear take the wheel. Do not let fear take the wheel because if fear ever takes the wheel, whoo. There's no telling which direction you will go. <laughs> Just say it like that. There is no telling what direction that you'll go in if fear ever takes the will. And maybe you've allowed fear to take the will. I mean, I've allowed it to take the will before. But don't let fear keep driving. Please do not let fear keep driving. Because we don't want to end up in a situation where we don't hear God and, and we've lost our faith. And and that's what was that what was happening with the disciples when they were in the boat. You know, Jesus said, like, he's probably so confused. Like, you have been with me. You have witnessed all of these miracles. You've seen me drive out unclean spirits. You've seen me drive out devils. They've obeyed each time I spoke it. You've seen me provide healing to the leper. And immediately he was cleansed. It obeyed. And so now, here you are, worrying, afraid, crying about this storm on a boat, and I'm in the boat with you? What sense does that make? 
And God is probably thinking the same thing with us sometimes when we go through these trials and when we face these different obstacles. And God is looking down like, look, I am with you. Why are you crying about it? Again, I get it. We are human. We are human. And sometimes we let fear get the best of us, whether it's things people have said, people have done, things that have been done to us, whether it's our past. Sometimes we allow it to get the best of us. But we have to remember that God is with us. God is with us. Fear not. It's mentioned so many times in the Bible. Fear not, but sometimes we still allow fear to creep in. Fear not. Be strong and courageous. Sometimes it's like, how, do, how can I be strong and courageous? Well, you can't if you're allowing fear to overpower your trust in God, because as long as you trust in God, then you can always be strong and courageous. Doesn't mean that it's going to work out the way that I want it to, but in the meantime, I'm still holding on. I'm still being strong and I'm still being courageous because I'm not allowing fear to overcome me. And this is in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 6. Like I said, there are several verses that we can find, you know, fear not or do not be afraid or be strong. But it says be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, whatever it may be. Now, we know the enemy was after Israel, but the enemy is after you. Fear is not of God. So he said, do not be afraid or terrified. I'm going to fill in the blank and say, because of fear. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So whether it is fear that you are terrified of, whatever that fear is, do not be afraid of it because our Lord is with us. So whether it's that, that, that project, whatever you're working on, if it is scaring you, don't be afraid. Whether it's a, a new position that you're in, don't allow that position to bring fear upon you. Why? Because God is with you. Keep holding on. Be strong. Be courageous. God is with you. Whether it's a demon that you are facing, something that has happened to you, something that you are dealing with, a family member, I don't care who it is, what it is, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God is with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means he's with us always until the end, until death like the vows unto death do us part. And so we have to get to a point where we go back, whether it whether you have to write it down, but you just think about what God has done for you, how he has worked out, you know, these different things in our lives time after time after time. Because truth be told, Probably not the first time that you've been here. Probably not the first time that you've been feeling this this fear. I'm pretty sure it's not. We've all been here before. We've all been here before. We've all experienced fear. And, and I feel like we've all gotten to the point where we thought fear was going to take over, but we cannot allow fear to over overtake us. We can't allow it to, to overpower us, especially if we are trusting in God. Like, we have a reason <laughs> not to fear. Like the song say, I have no reason to fear. I mean, we really don't. We don't have a reason to fear. We find reasons to fear. We if we're, if we're honest, we, sometimes I think we come up with more reasons than there really are. Our mind plays these tricks on us, and, and we start fearing everything especially when it comes to something specific, these what if, or it happened to that person. So what if the same thing happens to Get out of your head. Get out of your head because that is not of God. Fear does not come from God. When it comes to, you know, our purpose, when it comes to the things that God has for us, fear is not in the equation. What God has for you, 
what he has for you to do. Fear is not in the equation. The, the blessings, the, the miracles, the healing, fear is not in the equation. And so what we must learn to do, we, we, we definitely don't want to be like the disciples. We definitely don't want to be like the disciples and get to the place where we just forget what God has done, who he has been in our life. And if you're listening tonight and, you know, and I want you to be honest with yourself. If you know that there is a little bit of fear or a little bit of doubt in your heart tonight, I definitely want to pray with you. This will also be our, our prayer and our call to salvation for those who would like to accept Christ into your life. Because, you know, I, I've been talking about the things that we fear. Sometimes we fear even turning our life over to God. Like, what if things don't work out? What if people don't like me anymore? What if it, what if times get hard? What am I supposed to do? Yes, and, and those questions are valid because even when we turn our life over to Christ and we, we decide to have a relationship with him, it, it's, not always, it's not always glamorous. It's not. And, and it's not to say that it's not worth it because it is. Whenever we have our own relationship with God, when no one has to you know, the relationship, when it is sincere, when it is genuine, then it, he really becomes a part of you, and that's how you begin to really trust him and know for yourself that he is with you. So uh, a lot of times you have, you know, different ones in the church and different preachers and different or pastors and evangelists, they try to sell, you know, God, but you can't really sell him. It, it definitely has to be a decision that you make and a relationship that you want to establish or begin with him. And once you begin that relationship with him and, and make him a part of your life, guess what? That's when you really get to have that, you know, that one-on-one with him and know that he really is with you. Because we know, again, he's not this physical being, but when he becomes a part of you, when he is in your life, you know for yourself that God is with you. And when those things come to, to bring fear into your life, you know you have something to lean on. And we know that we can lean on God, his, his everlasting love, his arms. We can always run to him. There is safety. And so that is why it is so important for each individual to develop their own relationship with God. And, and I'm not telling you there is any set way to do it. There's no one way to do it, but it starts with the decision that you make. And and the and the great thing about having a relationship with God, um, we've read about it tonight, how he forgives, he forgives our sins, and he brings healing. So not to say that, you know, I don't know what you need tonight, and maybe it is just a relationship that you need from him. And I'm here to let you know that if a relationship is what you need and what you want, God will forgive you, even tonight. He will forgive you. He tells us all we have to do is repent and, and you know, repent of all of our wrongdoings, and he, he's just, and he's willing to forgive. And he will cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, all of our wrongdoing. And it's available to anyone. It's not limited to any ethnicity. It's not limited to any race. It's not limited to any culture, but it's available to everyone because God, he loved the world so much that he gave his only son. He gave his only son so that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but in the end have everlasting life. So tonight I invite you to accept God into your life. And we're going to pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you just for who you are, just for being God. God, we, we thank you for everything that you have done in our lives. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for just another day and for this opportunity just to come to you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the comfort of your scriptures. Lord, we recognize that 
while you walk this earth, you walk with your disciples and you perform miracle after miracle. And you let them know and you allow them to witness that you were always with them. And you demonstrate it peacefully, calmly, but with authority. And so tonight, God, we come before you peacefully, calmly, and with authority. God, we open up our hearts and we ask that you cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. God, we ask for your forgiveness of any sin that we may have committed, whether it was throughout this day up until this very present moment. Lord, we ask that you wash us through and through. Anything that's not of you, God, we ask that you remove it. God, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, continue to strengthen us through and through. God, we cannot make it without you, and we need you, Lord, every day and every hour. Lord, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. And, Lord, we praise you for what you're doing even right now, for the restoration, for the deliverance, and for your salvation. Lord, we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit even right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive your Holy Spirit. Everyone under the sound of my voice who is wanting to begin a relationship with you, God, I ask that you come into their hearts even right now. God, speak to their hearts. Speak to their minds in the name of Jesus so that they may start a new life with you. God, that they may become a new creation. And, Father, I ask that you drive out any fear, any doubt, and allow us to trust you. Increase our faith. Remove all fear and doubt and replace it with your faith. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you told us that you will be with us always and that you'll never forsake us. And, God, we take you at your word because we know that you're not a man that will lie. And if you said it, God, we believe it. God, again, we thank you for your comfort. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for just being with us. And we ask that you continue to go with us, continue to lead us and guide us, direct our footsteps, our trust in you so that we don't lean on our own understanding. Help us to keep you in the driving seat. God, allow our trust and our faith in you to overpower our fear, whatever it may be. And, Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, along with their loved ones, all of their families, and everyone who's connected to them. God, I pray for the family of Purpose Kingdom Network. Continue to keep us in your word. Help us to encourage your people. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us. Lord, we continue to pray for those who are sick. If there's anyone who's on the line who may be sick, anyone who's listening, God, I ask you to bring your your healing power down and touch them in the name of Jesus. Those that are in the hospitals, those that are confined to their homes, those that are in the nursing homes, those that are in the prisons, God, we ask you to send your, your healing word, your deliverance, your power in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who are in the office and those in authority, those that are making decisions, all of our government officials. God, you told us to pray for them, so, God, we, we lift them up tonight. God, we ask you to pray for, we pray for all of your people that you will continue to cover us, even in the time of tribulations, even the, the time of trials, the things that we go through. God, keep us. Keep us in our right mind. Help us to hold on to your word and most importantly, hold on to you. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name, for thou art worthy to be praised. All of these blessings we ask in your name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, at this time, we're going to have our announcements for Purpose Kingdom Network, and I'll be right back to close us out. Okay, no problem, no problem. Thank you so much, thank you so much. And um, if you did uh, answer that call of salvation, whether you're new to Christ or if you're just rededicating yourself, uh, you know, our next step is that we suggest that you find a Bible-believing, preaching, preaching sanctuary that nurtures the word of Christ. 
And if you can't find that uh, sanctuary, uh, that's why we're here, uh, Church Without Walls, here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And uh, please feel free to join us almost each and every night that we're able to broadcast. And uh, just like programs like tonight with One Trust Transformations with uh, Minister Arthenius Colton. Okay, and um, real quickly, this is the Project Purpose Kingdom Network. And anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.brogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And when we do a live broadcast, you can call in at the phone number 319-527-6091, and you can press the number one, and we'll get you in, as any, you know, any time that we can during the program. <clears throat> we also have a, uh, a email address where you can email us at Network at gmail.com. We can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We're glad to be out of that. We, um are grateful to those that uh, share with their friends and family members, letting um, them know that Purpose Cam Network is on the air. <clears throat> we also invite you to like us on Facebook, where you can just go to Purpose Kingdom, like us, and uh, when we accept your uh, friend request, uh, you will see our upcoming shows and advertisements and um, some future announcements. Also let you know uh, we do have a radio network, which is pkn.com. Once again, we do have a radio network, which is called PKN.com. Please check it out and share with your friends and family members. Uh, also, tomorrow evening, we will be broadcasting at the 9 p.m. hour, and it's going to be It's Your Story, So Tell It, and that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. So please uh, set a reminder or just um, join us back here again at 9 p.m. And at the 9 p.m. hour, with God's will, God's blessing, you'll join us for It's Your Stories to Tell It, and it's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. And uh, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and we're going to turn the show back over to Minister Colvin. And Minister Colvin, great show. Uh, enjoyed it, and uh, can't wait till you come back on two weeks from now. All right. Thank you for those announcements, Brother Rob. So just a quick recap of what we talked about tonight, uh, and, hope, and I really pray and hope that it has encouraged someone because, like I said, I know as humans and even as believers, sometimes we do allow fear to creep in. And so tonight was just an, an encouragement and just a reminder um, that God is with us. He's in the boat with us. He's, he's with us even in our, in our darkest storms because I know the storms of life, sometimes we feel like that they can take us out. Sometimes they knock us down. Um, sometimes they sidetrack us. Sometimes they just get the best of us. But we have to realize and remind ourselves that our hope is in Jesus, that our trust is in Jesus, our faith is in Jesus, and that he is with us. So we, excuse me, we, we don't want to become like the disciples and just forget that he is on the boat with us or that, is, that he's with us. There are too many scriptures that remind us of how we don't have to fear, how we don't have anything to worry about. Worrying, uh, fear, it's all a part of our common human experience, but we do not have to allow it to overpower our trust in God. And so just remind yourself, even if you have to do it daily, like God is with me. God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. And that's one way that we can combat the fear that tries to creep in or that tries to take over. Because, you know, fear, it paralyzes. Fear, it, it's a small little word, but it can do some damage. It's powerful. But we don't have to give fear the power. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So we know that it is not of God. So anything that's not of God, we don't need it. We don't need it. And so we have to constantly remind ourselves who God is. Remind the enemy of who God is. Remind those problems. Remind, remind him who God is and who or what he is capable of doing. So anytime fear creeps in, whether it's through people, whether it's through our own thoughts, whether it's through what we're facing, whether it's a sickness, um, whether it's, you know, whatever the problem is, Remind that problem, remind that sickness, remind that person. I don't care if it, it might be a coworker, you know, trying to put some fear inside of you. It might be a family member trying to put some fear inside of you. Now, what if? Remind them who God is, what he has done before, because I, I, I am pretty sure that he has already done some things in your life. And so remind them and remind yourself 
of who God is and what he is capable of doing. God is all-powerful, and our trust and our faith must remain in him. So I hope that you were encouraged tonight, and I hope that you have a blessed night and a blessed, wonderful rest of the week. All right, so have a good night. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 